Kenfo. Welcome back to another episode of Key to the City Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in, supporting your boy. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And we showing up. Appreciate it. And uh, just like with our last guest, we're going to continue to give you quality content and quality guests. And uh, this episode is no difference. I want to pray, uh, pre- uh, thank everybody that's been supporting the apparel line. Key to the City Apparel. I got my Kenfolk shirt on right now. Uh, designed by Coco's Cutique. Y'all need to check her out. Uh, she's definitely doing her thing with the cups and tumblers and anything you need customized, she can do it. Um, so yeah, this episode, man, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty about religion. Uh, I know a lot has been going on. You can name the pandemic. You can name uh, all the chaos that's going on in the government. You can name your personal issues. Everything that's surrounding us is kind of taking a toll on us spiritually, mentally, physically. Uh, and we're just wondering how can we remain strong? How can we m- remain strengthened in our faith? And uh, I'm sure we've all had times where we've been low on faith and we just want to find something that's going to allow us to persevere and keep on pushing. Uh, but I know with my generation, the millennials, we don't like the fake answers that we get. We don't like the uh, cookie cutter answers that we get. We want somebody that's going to keep it real with us because that was that's what attracts us most and uh, make us more inclined to uh, follow that word. You understand me? So the guests that I have here today, I've been knowing them for approximately 37 years. Uh, just so happened we had the same last name. Ain't that ironic? Uh, but this gentleman is straight out of D'Lo, Mississippi. He's a sip boy, uh, residing in Maryland since the 90s. And uh, I love this guy, man. As long as I've been knowing him, he's always kept it 100 with me and uh, hadn't always followed his principles. But for the most part, I have, and it's kept me in the free world and out of that ground. Uh, so he is the pastor at the Agape Center in Millersville, Maryland. That's right. And uh, he's been operating that how long? Six year anniversary this year. Six year anniversary coming up this year. Uh, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's here to give us their real on religion. Welcome to the city. My kinfolk, my pops, Pastor Jeffrey Gray. What's going on, sir? It's an honor to be here, son. Yes, sir. Thanks Glad to have you. I feel like I came full circle now. <laughs> I got the, uh, the top dog on the platform with me. Wow. How your day going? It's a great day. Great day. Great time. You look like you're ready to preach. Well, <laughs> ready to enlighten, let's put it that way. Okay, enlighten, enlighten. So I want you to give my audience a little bit about your background as far as seminary is concerned. Uh, at what age were you when you started and you said, I'm going to take this thing 100% and fully follow the word of God? Well, it actually began when I was about six years old. No, no. Uh, back at Pine Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Okay. Braxton, Mississippi. Shout out to Braxton, <laughs> Pine Grove, my people down there. It was about, I was about six years old. A minister walked up to me and just looked down at me and suddenly he grabbed me in the back of the head and he said, boy, your head made like a preacher's head. <laughs> but that was the beginning of it. But uh-huh. unbeknownst to me, that began my journey into this 
spiritual journey. You know, not that I was perfect growing up, but even your grandmother, my mother, mm -hmm. saw it and she said, one day, my baby's gonna be a preacher. Mm. So it's gone on from there and finally God himself asked, am I gonna go for him? Mm. And eventually I said yes. Did you face any struggles on your journey as far as trying to transform your life and get rid of the old you, become the new you? Hmm. Well, we always face challenges, but mm -hmm. uh, like I told you the other day that life is the best teacher, mm -hmm. that God has a purpose for you and he's going to move you to that purpose one way or another. Right. You can go willingly or mm -hmm. life is going to kind of funnel you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the introduction, a lot of my peers uh, and even myself at one point, some of them have totally turned away from the church. Um, they don't go anymore. Uh, not to say that they don't still have their faith, but I know that it's shaking and uh, it's not as sturdy as it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of us make up the excuse of it's a lot of backstabbing in the church mm -hmm. and talking behind your back, but right. that's in the world in general. Yeah. So I guess to kind of encompass all that and also to include with everything that's going on in the world, like what advice would you give us to remain strengthened in our faith and not give up and really believe that we can come out of our storms or if we can't come out of our storms, we'll be blessed with the necessary strength to uh, persevere through those storms. Well, the Bible said there would be times like this where uh, this generation would turn away from the church or reject God or reject the church. So it's not a surprise that that's happening. And that just proves the truth of the Bible, right? Because it said these days would come. Mm -hmm. But it's all about faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So if you don't have the faith to trust him, then how are you going to please him in that way? And on the other hand, then you won't have him in your life to help lead and guide you to light, lighten your, the path that you're on, to light the path that you're on so that you may be strengthened by him. But it takes faith. You know, there's faith in everything. Any so-called religion that you, that you see, it's faith that's important. I'm not concerned with at the moment with what you believe. I'm talking about the faith to believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. But without that faith, it's impossible to please God. So basically, faith is pretty much believing that the impossible is possible, no matter what the world shows. Would well, you say that? I wouldn't say that it's impossible. It's, it's faith to have the hope to go on to another day, mm -hmm. no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how you've fallen, no matter how you've failed. It's not about what you've done or what you have not done. Your faith is what's important. I think uh, my generation gets caught up in that a lot, though, and a lot of reasons why some have turned away from the church is because of guilt or shame, <laughs> and that's kind of piled on once they get into the church house. Uh, so some use it as an excuse to turn away, but grace versus law. A lot of people try to trip us up with that. Mm -hmm. A lot of pastors don't preach about it, mm -hmm. but... Can you give, break it down for us in layman's term, grace versus law and how we're viewed by God? Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can put this succinctly. 
guilt and shame are key weapons of the enemy. Mm -hmm. That's what he uses to keep you down, to make you feel like that God can't love anyone like you, you know, mm. you know, like me yeah. because of what I've done or, or not done. But that's a lie, right? Because God has already shown us how much he loves us by coming in the form of Jesus mm -hmm. to die for us, to pay a price that we could not pay ourselves and live. Mm -hmm. So what it comes down to is what you said, the grace or the law. And as we talked about before, the law was not given for us to, for it to get us into a so-called heaven. Okay. The law was only meant to show us how far from God we, we are. You know, the wages of sin being death, we all deserve to die. Mm -hmm. We've all fallen short. Mm -hmm. We've all have done things that are not right in God's eyes. Right. So if you believe the scriptures, wages of sin is death. We all deserve to die. Mm -hmm. But by faith, if we have faith in Jesus being the son of God and that he died for us, that he gave his life for us, that he, he shed his blood for us, then we are saved by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. You know, a punishment that we should have, we don't have. Mm. That's mercy. And those things that we shouldn't have, God has given us, which is eternal life. That's grace. That's great. That makes sense. But if there was a God, how come he let these babies die out here? <laughs> how come he let my daddy hurt my mama? Why he didn't save me from that accident? Why, why was I born this way? Mm -hmm. Why I have to lose my limbs? Mm -hmm. Why even go through all this if there's an all-knowing, all-powerful, universal God, universal being? Right. Why, why can't you just prevent this? He could, but then you wouldn't have free will to choose him. Mm. God has the power to make you love him. Mm. But what good is that? Right. <laughs> How would you feel if the woman you love... She only love you because you made her. Because <laughs> you got a knife to her throat or something. That's heavy. Mm. No. He gives us free will to choose him. And we've made mistakes to where, let's just use Adam and Eve as, as the example, where they caused enmity, uh, trouble between man and God. Mm -hmm. And there was separation from God. And in that, this is a fallen world. Mm -hmm. This world is moaning and groaning from all the, the evil, natural evil and spiritual evil. And there's a, a well-known theologian named Walter Wink mm -hmm. in his book, Engaging the Powers. He says that everything has a spirit, be it man, be it an organization, anything. Everything has a spirit mm -hmm. and it starts out good but then it suffers a fallen state mm -hmm. and it needs to be redeemed. Mankind mm. was created good. The earth was created good, but man has fallen and we need to be redeemed. The earth has suffered a fallen state and need to be redeemed. The educational system mm -hmm. started out good. It's in a fallen state and it needs to be redeemed. Everything has a spirit but we all suffer a fallen state 
and we need to be redeemed. And we can only be redeemed by God through Jesus the Christ. Those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is king and he's the son of God mm -hmm. cannot be condemned. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God, mm -hmm. that he was born, was crucified and died, and on the third day rose with all power in his hands. If you do those things, the Bible says you are saved. You are redeemed. Mm -hmm. And you, what's that question again? Can you? Can I? Did I just ask you? Yeah. If a if man I, believes in his heart that he can't be condemned, is what you said? Yeah. If a man confesses with his mouth, mm -hmm. just like you said, that he believes Jesus Christ is the son of man, he is not condemned. Right. There is no condemnation, okay. the scripture says, for those who are in Christ Jesus. But that, that don't mean I can go out here and do what I want, though. Well. <laughs> you Technically, could. I could. You could. The Bible says that when, once you're in God's hands, mm -hmm. nothing can or no one can snatch you from his hands. Mm -hmm. However, there is consequences to what we do. I use the analogy of smoking. Mm -hmm. People smoke. And when they start to get sick, they say, God is punishing me because mm -hmm. I smoke. Okay. No, God is not punishing you because you smoked. Those cigarettes are punishing you mm -hmm. because you smoke, because you know that if you smoke, the cigarettes can make you sick. All right. So there are consequences to what we do. So you may get away with that for a while, but there will be some consequence to some of the choices that we make. Can't escape it. Can't escape it, but we get away with more than we get called on. I don't know, because I, I hear that uh, karma comes around. And, sure. But the comedian Chris Rock says some people don't get their karma. Some don't. <laughs> Some just keep on going. <laughs> Some don't. And then you find people that are so-called unsaved. They go on with their life. They lead and look like they're leading a that good life. That was going to be life. one of my questions, yeah. But that's not necessarily so. Mm -hmm. People can put on a good show. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they are free in their spirit. That doesn't mean that their heart's not heavy. That doesn't mean that their souls aren't, you know, suffering. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. So you can't go by what others do. What's important is what you do. Mm -hmm. Do you believe? It's all about faith. Well, one might say, well, how do I know what to believe in? I wasn't necessarily raised in the church, but I want to learn. But there's so many religions, I don't... You're saying it's only one true living God, and these people over here are saying Jesus is not the Son of God, he's a prophet. Right. How do... But the Bible also says that the word will be heard in all four corners of the earth, correct? Yes, before he returns. So, how do you know you're following the right thing? Mm -hmm. And how does this person over here know that they're not following the right thing? Well, it's all about faith. <laughs> it's all about faith. Uh, what that Muslim man believes is his faith. Uh -huh. What that Christian man believes is his faith. He wouldn't try to knock him. What that Islamic man believes is his faith. What that scientist believes becomes his faith. Uh, 
In Jeremiah's time, the weeping prophet, that was what the Israelites were going through. Mm -hmm. They were rejecting God and they had turned away from God, didn't want to hear from God. But God took a people that wasn't his people, mm -hmm. but because they had followed the tenets of the one that there was just over them, he took them as his own. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, or most times, obedience is better than sacrifice. So no, mm -hmm. don't knock a man's religion, so-called religion. Let me tell you, Christ didn't come to start a religion. Right. He came to save that which was lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is the people of God, right? Right. And those who now believe that are grafted into the family of faith. So don't knock a man's religion. And in Christianity, don't take a man's Jesus, as we talk about, mm. unless you have something to replace it with, like a truth mm -hmm. that they don't have. But if that what they believe is keeping them safe or sanctified, then you let them have that until you can get them to a point mm -hmm. to lift them a little higher. Don't just throw out buzzwords because all you're going to do is, is hurt their faith and, you know, cause them some sorrow. Agreed. Key to the City podcast. We got Pastor Jeffrey Gray in the building with us. Um, another thing I wanted to speak on is coming up, especially in the South and Baptist churches, suicide. So many are dealing with mental health issues, um, especially nowadays. And especially in the black community, it's kind of taboo. We don't really discuss it. Most people say, just pray about it. Oh, ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with you. You're right. just crazy. Um, but a lot of believers have taken their life. And, you know, coming up in the South, it was always said, you commit suicide, that's a one-way ticket to hell. Mm -hmm. um, but the Bible says that there's only one abomination, one unforgivable sin, which is denying God or Christ. Uh, grieving the Holy Spirit or not believing in God, those right. sorts of things, yes. So what are your thoughts on suicide? And do you believe it hinders a person's <laughs> or hinder a person from being able to reach eternal life. As I said a moment ago, uh, once you're in the hands of God, nothing can snatch you or no one can snatch you from his hand. So God came for those who know we need a savior. Okay. And now if you put your faith and your trust in God, then he's there for you. He's there to walk with you, talk with you, help you. But this is a fallen world once again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we go through things that really takes us down. Mm -hmm. It knocks us off our feet. And sometimes in a moment or two of, of being down, being hurt, being in sorrow, one may take their own life. But I would tend to believe that God still has them mm -hmm. in the palm of his hand. And if someone had gotten to them at that time or in those times, then it is possible that they wouldn't have committed suicide. But a moment of weakness does not take away uh, an eternity of salvation mm. in my belief. It's heavy. Why do you think we're so judgmental just as people? <laughs> as if it seems like you have to be perfect nowadays because even with like the celebrities, they'll reach back 13, 15 years on something they said to try to ruin opportunity for them. But 
seems like in this world you have to be perfect now. There's no leeway or no leniency for being anything other than. Well, it's sort of like human nature, right? Sometimes we we make your point over there to keep you from pointing from looking mm. over here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, easy to talk about what somebody else is doing or not doing mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're putting the spotlight on them. But if someone were to examine your life, mm-hmm. if someone had would to would were to put the spotlight on you, could you stand up under those, that spotlight? And so I would take it as sometimes it's just deflection, you know, mm-hmm. to keep people from looking at what that individual is going through or is handling, right? You think there's ever a moment where uh, I know guys say he would never forsake us, but there could be like periods of separation. Because I feel like, I, I couldn't explain it, but I went through a period where I just felt like I couldn't feel God mm-hmm. compared to other times where I could. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and that's probably because of the guilt and shame of something that you had done. Is that the good guilt they call not done? No, that's the bad guilt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the bad guilt. The, the good guilt is called godly sorrow. Okay. The bad guilt is just grieving, right? Mm-hmm. You just, you feel bad because you've disappointed God or something mm-hmm. like that, or disappointed someone you respected or you had hoped res- would respect you. Right. So yes, sometimes we feel that way, but it's mainly because of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be forgiven or to give forgiveness is a lot of times the beginning of healing that can lead to a lot of healing in one's heart mm-hmm. and in one's spirit just to forgive. Forgive someone that has harmed you or for you forgiving or accepting the forgiveness of someone that you've hurt. Mm-hmm. So sometimes forgiveness can start that healing process. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we talked about faith a lot and this, and this phrase is thrown around a lot, faith without works is dead. But what does that actually mean? Because some people think the working is praying and just <laughs> remaining in the word. And somehow God going to bless me with exactly what I requested from him. But what does that phrase actually mean to you? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. That if you truly believe, if you're a true believer, mm-hmm. you're not saved by your works. No. But you are saved to do good good work, right? Mm-hmm. You're not saved by your work, okay. but you're saved to do good work. Okay. That if you're more like Christ, he came not to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. So if you're truly saved, then it, it causes you to want to serve someone else. It, it causes you to... <laughs> to want to help lift up someone that's down. It, mm-hmm. it, it causes you to, to put in hours at the orphanage or at the mm-hmm. hospital or at the prisons for those that Jesus came to serve. When Jesus first started his ministry, he's reading out of the book and he says, this is why I come. I came for those that hunger, those that thirst, those that are shut in. Mm-hmm. These are the ones he came for, those that can't help themselves. So you're saved to do those kinds of work that Jesus did. 
But don't think that just because you do works, you're saved, right? Mm-hmm. You're not saved by what you do. You, you, you're saved to do what you do. That's powerful. So, oh, I know what I wanted to hit on, <laughs> which I didn't even bring this up to you yesterday. Predestination. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I struggle with it is because God knows everything. He does. Uh, he knows when this and that is going to occur. He does. He knows when your checkout date is. He does. He knows the beginning before the end. Okay. So with that in mind, wouldn't you say that there's already the chosen ones? He has chosen some. And then what if you, you've done everything in your power to follow him, but you just not... <laughs> You can't make it this time, buddy. <laughs> like, that would be scary and discouraging to me. Well, he has chosen all of us, so let me put it that way. Okay. But not all of us accept that call. Mm. All are called, few are chosen, right? Okay. In that sense. But if there was true predestination, then we wouldn't have free will. They can't coexist. I don't think so. How do you? How you? <laughs> how do you? How are you free to choose him? If he already told you you're going to choose him, if he's destined you to choose him, then you didn't choose him. All right. I don't know. It's just. I guess it's just the human mind trying to grasp <laughs> the understanding of it. tricks on me. <laughs> But you see what I'm, I do. I'm getting at? I do. These these are theological questions that goes a lot higher than you and I that's been discussed over the generations. Mm. But if we are going to have true freedom to choose, then that can't be true predestination at the same time. Okay. But he calls us all. But some are chosen to do greater works. Gotcha. Um, it's a great conversation here. Uh, one of the most uh, talked about topics in church is the money. Everybody follows the money. People talk about tithing. Uh, and I just want to hear um, your point of view on tithing as far as not really is it necessary because I mean it's required of us right <laughs> well but is it all about the money can I tithe by feeding the homeless uh, clothing the naked can I tithe by paying somebody's bill mm-hmm. sure sure. I would say yes you can tithe in that way if you're truly tithing mm-hmm. you don't have to give it to a church right if right. that's what you're asking me yeah you no know, you don't have to really give it to a church but the point about tithing it, it, it comes down to this we say tithing actually means 10% right mm-hmm. I wouldn't really put too much on the 10% okay but you you should tithe according to how God has blessed you uh-huh. because that 10% may not mean nothing to some people right for instance Take you, big baller. (laughs) 
you're big time well off. You're independently wealthy. Mm -hmm. Take me, a pauper, mm -hmm. scraping for every little penny I have. That 3% for me might mean I don't eat that day. Right. That 10% might mean I don't eat that day. Mm -hmm. But that 10% for you doesn't mean anything to you because you got it. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about the widow with the, the, the might. Yeah. What she gave was greater than those that had money because she gave out of her poverty. Mm -hmm. She gave even though she needed for herself. She gave even though she didn't really have it to give. And those that had it to give weren't giving according to what they had to give. Right. So you, you tithe according to how God has blessed you. You're blessed to be a blessing, in other words. You, mm -hmm. you, you, you're given so that you can give. That sort of thing. If you look at it that way, the 10% makes no difference. Right. If God has blessed you more than that 10%, then you ought to give more than that 10%. And, and don't get me wrong, tithing is not just money. Mm -hmm. Tithing can also be that time we were talking about, those works okay. and things like that. So throw that in there too, because time is money, right? Mm -hmm. You could be doing something to make you use some money, but if you're giving your time in service to somebody else, that's just like paying a tithe, right? Church, absolutely. Ooh. Great out. So stop making them excuses, y'all. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to piggyback off of that by saying, um, I don't know. But it's also could be you, it's needed to sustain a church as well, right? Right. It, it, it still got it, bills. It's too. business as well. Right? Mm -hmm. you, it, you have to run it as a business as well. And that's why at, at Agape, we doing this thing called business as a mission mm. or ecclesiastical entrepreneurship. And all that means is we have a for-profit side mm -hmm. to where we can make money to help run the church. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't tithe, right? That means that I don't have to depend on people tithing mm. to run the church, to do the work of God, right? Mm. Uh, because we're in some tough times mm -hmm. and people don't have it. And in my dissertation, this is what I talk about, that it becomes a vicious cycle that if you depend on tithes to run the church, then what about taking care of the people that's in the church? There you go. Yeah. What about feeding the hungry? Mm -hmm. What about clothing the naked? If people don't have it to give, then the church only have what they have to give, right? Mm -hmm. So something got to give. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes this vicious cycle of feeding this building. Light bills. Mm. You know. Water. Water bills. It becomes a vicious cycle. So that's why in my dissertation I talk about running, having a way to bring in funds other than the tithing so that we can help our community. And we've been doing a pretty good job of it. And you've never taken a salary from your I have never church. taken a salary from Amazing. <laughs> you see that? So everybody ain't out here buying jets and stuff. <laughs> and uh, 10 room mansions. But what's your opinion on preachers buying jets? They got to go places and stuff or? Well, if it's their money, I'm all with it. 
But if it's the church money, I'm not with it. Mm. There it is. We'll just leave it right there. Uh, a couple more questions for you. Um, I guess let's end it by talking about the afterlife. We all got to leave this place at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I necessarily fear death. I just probably fear the way I'm going to go. <laughs> but I think I've been all right. I shouldn't die no violent death. But uh, <laughs> what's your, you know, we when we lose our loved ones, I don't know if we just get caught up in tradition or grief. But I don't really like all those cliche uh, phrases that come at me when a loved one is lost. Like, uh, God don't make mistakes. Everything going to be he in a better place. <laughs> he looking down on us right now. <laughs> yeah. But according, that contradicts what the Bible say. Because the Bible say the dead shall rise once mm-hmm. that last trumpet sounds. So how could they be in multiple places? And then... But it kind of contradicts itself because some people take literal to be absent from the body is to be present with God. Can you break that down for us? And what what do you think happens when we pass? Let's see. The scriptures say that when you die, you sleep in Christ. Okay. You're resting in Christ. And as you say, at that last trump, those that are in the grave will rise first to meet Jesus in the middle of the air. Mm-hmm. That they will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You know how quick that is? Twinkling. Mm-hmm. You can't even blink. Right. Blink <laughs> is more than a twinkle. Right, right. That's, that, you, you're getting ready to blink. That's a twinkle. <laughs> when your eye itches. Right. <laughs> You'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye that this old corruptible body mm-hmm. will put on incorruption. It will never decay again. This old mortal body we put on immortality right mm-hmm. this old impotent body will meet the one that is omnipotent mm-hmm. these are the things we look forward to that when you die in my belief what I've read and studied in the Bible you don't die and go to heaven Christ has to come back here and reign for a thousand years even before Mm. so-called heaven is. So you're asleep in Christ until that last trump when he comes back. Amen. Mm. Somebody ought to say amen. (laughs) (laughs) A thousand years. Mm -hmm. Is that human time? Human time in Jerusalem. He will take his people, the lost sheep, those that have been scattered all across the world. Mm -hmm. Who that to strive? But go ahead. (laughs) He's going to bring us back in Jerusalem to reign for a thousand years. But those outside of Jerusalem, the 12 gates, will be suffering tribulations, going through all sorts of diverse sufferings and troubles. Mm. So I want to be in that number. Me too. When that last trump sounds, to meet him in the middle of the air. I don't even want to go in the ground. (laughs) I just want to transform right in front of y'all. And let me caveat something. Yeah, I've said two or three times that once you're in his hands, nothing or no one can snatch you Mm -hmm. from his hands. The caveat is we have free will. Right. You can jump out of his hand if you so choose. (laughs) 
That was hard. But Hebrews says, Hebrews 4 and 6 or 6 and 4, one to the other, says that it is almost practically impossible to be redeemed once you've tasted the goodness of God. Once you've accepted him as your Lord, God, Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and tasted that salvation, it's practically impossible to be redeemed from that. So once you're in his hands, nothing can take you from his hands. No one can snatch you from his hands, but you can choose to get out of his hands. Mm. And Lord have mercy on you if you choose that. So let's say I was an ultimate believer and one day I just snapped and killed 37 people. But then I later found my way back. I can be redeemed. That's what the word says. What the word says. Try it, right? Murderers, idolaters, adulterers won't see heaven. But I guess that's before we get washed. So let me ask you: You don't think Moses is gonna see heaven? <laughs> you don't yeah. think you don't think David gonna see heaven? Yeah. They have blood on their hands. And they walk with him. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's See, God's thoughts are far above our thoughts. You think no angle? See God's him? ways are far above our ways. Yeah. Right. See that's why I hate when we try to put human limitations on. And that's the problem. People don't. Well, there's no evidence that <laughs> that kills me. Well, look. <laughs> Unconditional means what? No conditions. Without there's no limits. conditions. So he says he's given us unconditional love. Mm. Then there's no conditions on his love. I just think it's hard for us to accept that. But God in his word says he he saves who he chooses. Mm. He forgives who he chooses. Mm -hmm. He says of himself, I am that I am. What does that mean to you? I am that I am. That means he is whatever he needs to be. Mm. Whatever he wants to be, he is. If you need love, he's love. If you need mercy, he's mercy. If you need grace, he's grace. I am that I am. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I am the life and the resurrection. I am the, the truth, the way, and the life. A lot of people say light, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's the life. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes to my father but Except by the, me. Yeah. And some people would say, why do I have to go through Jesus to get to God? You've heard that, right? Yeah, because God wasn't rocking with you like that. <laughs> but that's a stupid question. To ask why you have to go through Jesus to get to God is just like asking, why do I have to go through God to get to God? Because he is. Because Jesus is God, right? Mm -hmm. You know, God, a lot of people argue God about that for real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God came in the form of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So you go through the Son, who is God, to get to the Father who is God. So that's why Jesus. 
Powerful. Powerful. He just dropped some major keys on us today. <laughs> Hope y'all picked him up. How can my kinfolk find out more about uh, Agape and your learning center? Deliverance Center. Center of Deliverance. <laughs> AgapeDeliverance.org. Okay. Millersville, Maryland. And we do Facebook Live every mm-hmm. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, East Coast, 8 o'clock, Central Time. Y'all make sure y'all check him out. He just dropped the reel on you. I don't know what else to give you because a lot of these pastors ain't high, out here ain't preaching that. <laughs> I ain't gonna call no names, but you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, well, truth doesn't care who tells it. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm gonna hush behind that. <laughs> Key to the City podcast. We just got the word today. Uh, this is a great way to start the week. I hope y'all take it, eat it, and uh, meditate on it. Um, Cause he gonna give it to you it's raw and cut. He's never led me astray, and I appreciate him. Uh, any last words for my audience before I let you go? Well, I would say to you, it's an honor to be here. We finally got it together. Yes, sir. And to you all, uh, be blessed mm-hmm. and be a blessing. Take care and take care of one another. Agape love. <laughs> Agape love. Be your brother's keeper. Amen. Key to the City podcast. He is Pastor Jeffrey Gray. I am your kinfolk, Keone G. This has been another episode.